the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome to Panhandle Live. Marsha Kabalik here. Panhandle Live is brought to you today by Sutton and Janelle. They're your full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, and businesses with all their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to your needs. 70 years plus of combined legal experience. You can visit them online at suttonandjanelle.com or you can visit their new historic downtown location at 224 West King Street. We appreciate their support of local radio. The Eastern Panhandle Home Builders Association Home Show is this month, March 26th and 27th. Joining us in studio, and you guys can help me with your proper titles, organizers Colin Hitt and Jennifer Church and Martinsburg Mayor Kevin Knowles. Welcome in all of you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so Colin, what is your official title? So I'm the um, Home Show Committee Chairman. And uh, Jennifer is? I'm the executive assistant with the Home Builders Association. Okay. And, and the mayor's the mayor? No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> representing the Home Builders Association as the uh, executive officer. I took over January 3rd. Like you didn't have enough to do. Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> although the mayor's a full-time job, I need another full-time job to, to keep going. <laughs> so um, you're pretty jazzed about this, Mayor, because it's it's going to a new venue, uh, but it's an old venue. Well, the, the new venue is fabulous for, for, for not only the organization, but the community as a whole. I mean, the uh, uh, the Roundhouse is now going to be starting to have events there that are going to get bigger, bigger, and bigger. And this is one to kick off to go further on each year. Well, and, and obviously we, we were all waiting with bated breath for all of the facilities to be finished. Okay, the bathrooms and all of that to, to get there because that roundhouse has been there and it's been attractive. Some businesses and uh, shows have been there, but this is when it really can come into its own. Um, and hosting something like the home show is huge. Yeah, this is the biggest event they're going to have and probably the biggest event moving forward until they can get everything up up to speed. But right now, we're, we're really excited as an organization. So Colin or Jennifer, you can take this. Um, how did that decision come about, bringing it to the to the roundhouse? Sure. So well, we actually started searching for a new venue um, after 2019 show, I guess. And... Uh, Unfortunately, in 2020, we weren't able to have a home show due to COVID-19. Um, and w- so we, we went through and, and we kind of searched uh, a lot of the local uh, facilities just to see who uh, capacity-wise could handle a home show. And uh, we landed with the, the Roundhouse. And we, we felt that it has um, the space for us to have our initial first-year show. And then also it provides us the opportunity to have some additional space to grow the show in future years. Did I read right? This is the 25th? It is. This will be our 25th uh, twenty-fifth home show. I remember when it was getting started and, you know, Bob the Builder was, was. <laughs> I think they called him something else. But anyway, he would circulate around. So that's, you know, 
that's how old this this show is, but that's how much of an institution it's become too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I can remember Bob the Builder. I think, <laughs> I think we might still have his, have his costume what, somewhere. Did they call well, him I'm something not, like wearing, Robert, I'm not it. Robert the Construction <laughs> Employee or something? It was Builder some Bob. Euphemism. Builder Bob. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was a big draw, obviously, and it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, from my perspective as a homeowner, uh, to you know, drag my husband out and say, "Hey, look, there's something we could do." Um, but it's also a great opportunity for those folks who provide those services in the area to uh, be in one place and and catch a great crowd that's enthusiastic about home improvement. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we pride our our event on is it's a kind of a one stop shop. That way, people can stop by. They can uh, meet with uh, uh, HVAC contractors, kitchen and bath contractors landscapers. Uh, you can meet with folks to finance your project. Um, or also if you're looking to buy or sell a home, there's also realtors and, and other uh, uh, professionals there that could assist with that. That's huge because I think that some of us, and, and I'm, I'm a layman here, I'm strictly coming from the homeowner's perspective, but we go out, maybe we get our spouses to come for the day. Maybe our kids are with us and we're thinking, well, I, I need to fix my roof or I need to replace something. But you know, having folks there can help with financing or when you're thinking about building a home, folks from uh, special programming like HUD and and um, the, the Veterans Administration, uh, having them there, you don't have to go make an appointment and they're right there and you can say, hey, you know, you know, so-and-so in my family is a veteran. How do I avail myself of this? Yeah, it's, it's a lot more of a informal relation or uh, interaction, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, and that makes it a little less stressful for both sides. Uh, it, it gives the the builders and contractors and lenders the opportunity to meet new people, uh, to be able to network with our community and, and some of the other uh, partners that they work with on a regular basis. But then also for those that are attending the show, it gives them that, uh, like I said, a lot more informal interaction. You know, it's like I said, less stressful. You don't have to set up sure. an appointment right away and, and so forth. And so, you don't feel yeah. like you're in their office on their turf where they can, you know, Right, right. Let me let me go ahead and, you know, um, sign up for a mortgage right here because I'm right here with you. Um, it's very low, low stress. You can make that connection and then make an appointment later. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Um, the home show is the 26th and 27th from uh, on that Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Of course, it's at the historic Roundhouse, which is near all those great downtown restaurants and, and shopping locations. Talk about parking. Yeah, so that's uh, that's been a, a big question that a lot of people have asked. Um, so the first thing I would like to mention is um, if you go to our Facebook page, we do have sort of an interactive map of how people can access the Roundhouse Complex um, on the, the Roundhouse side of the tracks. And that can be done by going uh, Muller Avenue to North High Street and then turning right onto East Liberty Street. You go down the hill at the bottom of the hill on the left-hand side, there's a gate, and you would go in that gate, and that takes you into the Roundhouse so there will be uh, parking available at the Roundhouse. That's where we're going to direct a lot of our uh, handicap uh, parking um, folks that require that. Um, and then also we'll have um, parking there at the train station. Mm-hmm. Uh, the walking bridge to get from the train station over to the Roundhouse side will be open and available. Um, and then there are four city parking lots um, that are within about a two and a half mile, or mm-hmm. sorry, two and a half block radius of the Roundhouse. 
um, parking for meter and permit parking is not enforced on the weekends. So Very it's free nice. parking. Free, free, free. I see what you did there, Mayor. <laughs> it's always been like that. <laughs> but it's awesome because you can take a little break, go um, get some DeFleury's chocolate, for example. Sure. That's one of my personal favorites. We also have, we also have parking available at the, the Roundhouse, mm-hmm. and there's going to be food available at the show, too. We're going to have some food trucks there, too. So one-stop shopping, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. In uh, So uh, Colin and Jennifer are here from the Eastern Panhandle Builders Association's home show, uh, March 26th and 27th. I know there are some things that you want to make sure that our listeners hear about it, so let's hear those things. Yeah, we're going to let Jen talk a little bit about our sponsors, because without the sponsors, we wouldn't It doesn't happen. Um, Oh, she's got a whole sheet, too. (laughs) Uh, Pine Creek Structures is our diamond sponsor for the show. Um, They are offering a giveaway of an outdoor patio set. Um, You can choose the color from his catalog, and they will order it for you. Registration cards will be available at the show. Um, We appreciate him doing this sponsorship for us for a couple of years. Um, We have some platinum sponsors, which are Dan Ryan Builders, um, sorry, I can't read that. <laughs> Aspen Home Improvement, uh, yeah. City National Bank, uh, Reynolds Unlimited, and uh, Shenandoah uh, HVAC. So, when you talk about uh, giveaways, you know this contest. How does that work? Do people just put their names into a, a bowl or something? And there'll be a registration card available at the show, um, and there'll be a, a specific spot where you can fill that out in a box that you can drop it into. And usually within a week or two after the show, we do a drawing and we'll contact the winner, and then they can we kind of hook them up with Pine Creek Structures. To- that is really awesome, and I know from past home shows, most of the tables they come with swag. So you can come by with swag. a little bag and you pick up your, you know, little pick goodies. Up your swag. Yeah, you know, rulers or you know, water bottles or whatever it is. And we will have bags at the home show as well, so you can kind of carry your stuff in it. Um, it'll have some great information about the area in it for the Berkeley County Chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lo- Main Street. Um, lots of information for the area, but also something to carry your stuff in. So you don't have to be a homeowner. Um, you could just be new to the area and you could probably find a good amount out about the area and what is here ahead of even thinking about building a home. Absolutely. Well, yeah, exactly. Because there's there's going to be nonprofits there, local nonprofits. Just to keep in mind that this event was sold out the first week. Wow. The first week. That's how, how important this event is. It's, it's a smaller scale because we're not able to use the whole facility. But we're going to continue to grow, grow, grow this so that the community is able to come in, not only to see what we have on the builder side, but we're open to different things in the community also. Obviously, uh, the community partners a very important piece of that. Anything else you want to say about who's partnering up with you? Sure. So, uh, as Kevin mentioned, we sold out uh, out of all of our. Uh, can't talk today. We sold out of all of our. <laughs> I hear you. I have the same problem. <laughs> uh, tables within that first week, but all of our sponsorships. Um, have been uh, filled. So we've already mentioned our diamond and platinum sponsors, but our gold uh, sponsors, we'd like to give them a shout out. Uh, we have uh, Made in the Shade, uh, Panhandle Homes, H&H Well Drilling, um, Hornby Media Group, Negley's, SNL Water Solutions, uh, Smoots LLC, Sleepy Creek, Sunrooms, Petty Pest Control, and High Point Roofing. And then we also do have uh, some silver sponsors, um, Milestone Real Estate Group, Cumberland Valley Heating and Air Conditioning, um, Eastern Panhandle Heating and Cooling, 
W. Harley Miller, Bristol Springs Custom Homes, ABC Supply, Milestone Solar, and Lennar. So will most of those also have a table then? They're sponsoring, yes, but they'll they also have a table. Some of them will have multiple booths, yes. That's really awesome. Yeah, not yeah. to forget to mention that we want to thank you all for the sign that you're putting outside to promote the home show here in front of your WEPM. So thank you very much for that. We're happy to, to help. We're happy to help partner and so glad it's back. Yeah. 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 The one other thing we should probably mention is about our silent auction. Jen, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, we do have a silent auction going on during the show. Bidding ends Sunday at four when the show closes. Okay. Uh, we have lots of great items already. Um, air fryers, um, mulch, um, and multiple gift baskets. We have a microwave, um, gift certificates, uh, for dance lessons, for golf, all kinds of really cool things that you can bid on and hopefully take home with you. It felt like spring yesterday. Yeah. I went out and was doing some yard work. This is the time yeah. to hit this. Everyone wants new stuff for their home. Mm-hmm. That mulch sounds great, yeah. as a yeah. matter of fact. How can folks find more information and updates about the home show? Sure. Uh, we would direct everybody to um, search Eastern Painted Home Show on Facebook. Um, a lot of our information is available on that Facebook page. And then um, also they can visit ephomeshow.com or they can call the Home Builders Office at 304-267-4710. It's back, y'all. Saturday, March 26th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Sunday, March 27th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the historic Martinsburg Roundhouse. We're glad to partner up with you guys. And this is going to be a really great home show. So thanks, Jennifer, Colin, and Mayor Kevin Knowles for coming in. Thanks, Marsha. Thank you. All right, you're going to hear more Panhandle Live, uh, and I think we're going to have the uh, Attorney General of the great state of West Virginia on after this quick break. You're listening to Panhandle Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back into Panhandle Live, the Thursday edition, and uh, it's a barn burner. Jordan Warner is taking a day off after Shepherd University uh, women's Rams basketball team uh, moved on through the playoffs. They won uh, their game last night against Bloomsburg, and I think they're playing again on Saturday. We'll have more on that towards the end of the show, but joining us via telephone right now, if I push the right button, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, you on with us? Yes. Good morning. morning. (laughs) This is such a major win for me because I'm so bad at the board. (laughs) So I appreciate being on. Um, Let's get right to it. You've been really busy. Uh, Do you want to start with the EPA or do you want to start about who in the Biden administration you'd like to see shown the door? Well, let's let's start with our big U.S. Supreme Court case. Uh, It's West Virginia versus the EPA. This is one of the most important cases that our state's been involved in since the inception of West Virginia. In fact, if you go back in time, there are a couple cases, Virginia v. West Virginia at the beginning, that actually, as you guys know, involved Jefferson County and Berkeley County. And then back in 1911, there was a big case about how to how Virginia was going to get a debt repaid. But this is very, very high on the list. And the reason why it's so important is not only the parochial issues that impact West Virginia, in terms of our energy resources, the jobs, the price of the power grid. But this case is critical because it gets to a fundamental question under administrative law. Who gets to decide the major issues of the day? Should it be Congress or an unelectable bureaucracy? And that's what West Virginia EPA is all about. 
and we've been working on this issue now for eight years. We've been pressing. As many people know, we had the huge U.S. Supreme Court win back in 2016, where we were able to bring a halt to the Obama uh, Clean Power Plan. And now we're dealing ostensibly with the issue of climate change and the scope of the EPA's authority to act. But as I mentioned, this is really about who gets to decide. Uh, It's not suggesting that there is no authority, or it's not suggesting that there can't be authority, but it says that there currently is not the authority that the EPA believes it has to go so far afield from their power. So can you break this down for our listeners and and me? Um, How could this overreach, as you term it, hurt West Virginians, West Virginia business, West Virginia industry? Absolutely. So as many people listening know, West Virginia is still very dependent, not only on coal, but on uh, natural gas as well. And when you have these different regulations uh, that are being proposed, or you have the aggressive stance of the Biden administration uh, to try to put very aggressive uh, provisions related to climate change in place, that forces a shock to the system to West Virginia, which right now is 86 percent of the energy for the power grid derived from coal. When you move from a, a energy source like coal or natural gas, and then you're moving to a renewable, and you're forcing the operator of that power plant to pay for the renewable, that's going to get pushed through in terms of the rate. So your power bill is going to go through the roof. And then, of course, there are uh, jobs that are directly impacted, not only in terms of the mining uh, and the what's happening at the power plant, but the equipment manufacturers, the retail jobs, the restaurants, whole Cities, counties, areas are affected by this. So that's the parochial issue. But then I would argue even equally important, when you have a question of who gets to make the decision, who decides, it impacts everything. So a lot of people were following the OSHA mandate, and we were very deeply involved in that because it revealed the same question. What authority did OSHA have to do the mandate? Well, the Supreme Court concluded it didn't, and that affected uh, businesses all across the state of West Virginia. So that's why this matters so much. It's big for our state. It's really important for uh, federal overreach, for fighting it, and for the freedoms of the citizens in West Virginia. You know, uh, you, you brought up that OSHA decision uh, in front of the Supreme Court of Appeals of the United States. Uh, if you're coming home this weekend, you may want to avoid Hagerstown because the People's Convoy is coming through. And they are, it's it's billed to be a peaceful protest, but they're going to have miles long uh, truckers and their supporters. Uh, and, and they're talking about the emergency authorization and how they, they want these um, what they're terming federal overreaches to stop. Yeah, look, I think that whenever you have peaceful uh, demonstration or activity like you're seeing with the convoy, I mean, I, that's that's America. That's what this is all about, and, and we should be encouraging that because I, I think that people rightfully got concerned that there was a lot of overreach. And, you know, look, I, I've been very forceful both on the state side and on the federal side pushing back on a lot of, of these issues and doing it and really pointing out when it's been unlawful to act. And I think that's critical, but we have to make sure that people are able to articulate their perspective, 
the First Amendment really matters. And so I encourage all that. And obviously, we've been working to take steps to uh, try to get rid of all of these mandates. Obviously, uh, you're you're level. you're not anti-vax. You you know you had COVID and all of that. We talked about this before. You don't want people right. not to get the vaccine if they want it, right? No, I I think that's right. There's a difference between uh, the decisions that an individual will make, a family will make, versus the decisions that a government uh, should be making. And I think that that's why this is very clear. It was wrong-headed to try to put these uh, mandates in place. And we've been able to prevail legally against all of them, other than the, the health care mandate, of course. That won the Supreme Court. We lost five to four. We've won every other case. I think we've won nine of the last ten cases up against the Biden administration. So uh, I think the key is that people don't want to have be mandated. And that's right. And and that's why I've been fighting so hard on that with strategies to, to win and block these things instead of just uh, talking about it. And, and we've Knock on wood, we've had some good success. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey joins us. We've got about three minutes left, but I wanted to ask you, you joined a 13-state coalition calling for the resignation of President Biden's Homeland Security Secretary. What's that about? Well, this is really important for those in the Eastern Panhandle across West Virginia. And you, you probably, when people hear this, their first reaction may be, how does the immigration debate affect West Virginia? And the answer is, it does in a fundamental way But in West Virginia, we see the immigration problem through the lens of fentanyl and the drug issues. And so I went down to the border a number of weeks ago, and we learned some really unbelievable things. Uh, We see the stream of people coming in as if it's a literal invasion coming across our border. But the parts that don't get discussed as much by the media is that every single week, the Mexican drug cartels are making $100 bucks. It's unreal. And then the fentanyl, there were enough doses that were seized. It was 1,200 pounds worth of fentanyl that the Texas Department of Public Safety seized. That's enough to kill over 220 million Americans. And that's just what we're hearing from the Texas Department of Public Safety. We know that the drugs coming across the border, the fentanyl, uh, the undocumented aliens, represent a huge problem for West Virginia because our overdose death rates are going through the roof. And so I've been pushing Secretary Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Department now, for quite some time, and I've asked them to focus on it, and they've just ignored us. And it's not as hard as he's saying. There are problems, there are challenges. It's affected both administrations, Trump and uh, ultimately uh, Biden. Uh, But we're seeing it at such a level because the Biden administration is trying to block the states who are trying to help do something about the problem. And Mayorkas is the principal person responsible for this at the border. And I think he's been an utter failure. He has to go because you can't just willingly allow these things to happen. And that's indeed what he's doing. And that's why uh, I've called on this, getting uh, having a resignation for quite some time, but then we joined with our colleagues, and now we're up to 13 attorneys general who understand this problem intimately, who are calling for major changes in what Homeland Security is doing. West Virginia can't afford more death from fentanyl and what's going on at the border. So how can our listeners learn more about your efforts there, updates there? And I think there's a massive data breach your office is is looking into. How can our listeners find out more about that? 
Absolutely. People can go online, wvago.gov, and to look at our latest press releases and information that we're putting uh, out there. And obviously, we also wanted to mention before time expires that we had reached an agreement with representatives of the cities and the counties relating to how opioid monies are going to be allocated uh, and managed in West Virginia. And so that's actually now up for uh, approval. Legislative the legislatures are taking a look at that. And then separately, the counties and the cities are going to vote on the proposed MOU. That's a really big deal. People can learn about all of that by going to our website. And I think you're going to be seeing and reading about, at least I hope people will be seeing, reading, hearing about uh, the opioid uh, approval coming up in the upcoming weeks. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, thanks for spending some time with us today on Panhandle Live. Yeah, thanks so much. And looking forward to seeing uh, folks in the next couple of weeks uh, back home. Yeah, just stay away from Hagerstown tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> All right, take care. All right. Thank you. We're Panhandle Live after this quick break. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Proud to be part of the Panhandle's story for more than 75 years. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle. They're your full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all their legal needs. The right attorney can make all the difference in the outcome of your case. They practice family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation, and provide legal counsel tailored to your needs. You can visit them online at SuttonAndJanelle.com or at their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg, 224 West King Street. We appreciate their sponsorship of local radio and, of course, Panhandle Live. So uh, as you might have guessed, uh, Jordan Nice Warner taking the day off today. He should be back tomorrow, but uh, I'm sure he had to recover after a pretty late night in East Pennsylvania, uh, but he was with the Shepherd University women's basketball team as uh, they emerged victorious over Bloomsburg. Hard-fought fight, um, and I, I got to hear part of it, um, which was really exciting because, you know, it's one of those games could have gone either way, and uh, we're going to have a clip from him from the final moments of that game uh, later on in the show. Wanted to bring your attention to uh, a news item that we are following pretty closely here on the Panhandle News Network, we've been talking about it this week. The People's Convoy is coming into our area as soon as tomorrow. Uh, you may you may have heard that they they're coming from the western parts of the United States, and then a northern neck of their convoy is going to join up with them, and that is set to happen tomorrow in Hagerstown. I do have information about the venue, but I wanted to make sure that I. I had confirmation from the venue before I made that part of my newscasts, um, but uh, but they do have a rallying point that they have identified. Uh, so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, as the show progresses. But joining us right now from Shepherd University, and I, I'm going to apologize in advance if I get your name wrong, Associate Professor of Music, Coordinator of Keyboard Studies in the School of Music for Shepherd University, uh, Yushuan Lau. Um, now yeah. you can correct me. <laughs> Welcome in. How'd I do? Hi, good, great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you pronounced wonderfully. Wow, okay. Okay, say say it one more time so we all get it right. Oh, you shen sounds like you and mm-hmm. meow. Yushen, oh, sorry, you shen sounds like you, but in ocean. You mm-hmm. shen, 
Liao is like meow. Yushen Liao. Okay. Yeah, perfect. perfect. When you explain it like that, it sounds so much better. Um, <laughs> so I, this is my first time talking to you. So welcome to Panhandle Live. Appreciate you being on. Thank you so much for so, having me. Um, I, I got information about you from our wonderful friends at Shepherd University. And of course, you're part of the, the faculty there. Uh, but you're going to be featured... Uh, you're presenting a recital of chamber chamber music as part of their salon series, and it's coming up this weekend, right? Yes. So the this chamber music is we have very interesting combination. So a piano, and then my colleague uh, David Dorsino on clarinet, uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, she's a wonderful soprano, and then we have a special guest artist, a viola player, the violist Maxillian. Shark. You know what? I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not the only one having issues with pronunciation of names. <laughs> That's I, a few days ago, we have rehearsal, and I specifically asked him, "Was I uh, how to pronounce your last name?" <laughs> so it, it happens, right? So will you yeah, will yeah. you guys be performing separately, or will you be combining combining for something also? Oh, it's a different combination. So we have viola, piano, and clarinet viola piano and then one is a clarinet piano voice so it's different combination we use all the instrumentation that's that's great and because of the level of uh professionalism of of these musicians it's going to be a great show it's going to be a great recital i should say very interesting and then especially here we don't we don't hear that kind of combination often and then so it would be really good for the community and the students to see, oh, this is possibility. We can do it this way and that way. So will you have a good number of students from the music department in attendance there um, to, to kind of, as you mentioned, kind of learn from the, from the pros? Yes, we hope so. And especially, you know, there will be three different studios from the clarinet, piano, and voice, and hopefully even more. Because I think it's very good for them to see how your teachers been practicing and how they present it. So I, I want to ask you this question. I hope you're not insulted by it. How many <laughs> hours do you devote to practice? I mean, you're you're a professional, of course, pro level. You're still practicing, though, right? You're still rehearsing. Yeah, yes. Well, regularly, I because uh, the busy teaching schedule, uh, I try to squeeze in regularly one to two, but for preparing for concert. At least I have to do three to four, especially piano. It's just too many pieces, especially the entire concert. I have to play from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. So I try to squeeze in three to four and sometimes even more, especially for this week. So three to four hours? Yeah, for three to four hours every day. Every, every day. So while the yeah. rest of us are binging on Netflix, you're, <laughs> you're on your keyboard, right? Try to squeeze in watching Netflix. <laughs> 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 but I'm sure being, you know, practicing, rehearsing is a level of joy for you as well. Yeah, yes. I mean, because you, you want to do well. And then, yes, that's the profession that I choose. Uh, but it's fun because after the hours of, of hours practicing, and then you realize, hey, I'm getting better. And then I get to play with my friends. So we spend uh, several several times this well last month together to rehearse for this concert, and it's fun. You know, when you realize, oh, you really can have a communication in music with your friends. 
obviously you have reached a zenith of a a professional music career. Not everyone, you know, lots of us sing or play instruments, but we never kind of get to the level that you are. Tell us a little bit about your trajectory. How did you start? How did you choose this instrument? And also, do you play other instruments? Uh, For for me, of course, uh, just like a lot of kids, the parents chose the instrument for them. So I started a piano lesson when I was five. And then just uh, my my mom just kept pushing me, you know, practice. Although she didn't really say, oh, you have to use, you have to play for a career. But, but just she make sure I have the discipline to continue practicing. And until I chose um, music as major, you know, before going to college, that's my own choice. Because by that time, I realized, yeah, that this is something I really wanted to do. And so, the rest of the history. <laughs> so I have to ask you, though, um, that it's not a traditional choice of majors. Did, did no. was your family in support? Were your friends kind of looking at you like you'll never make it? You know, you'll, um, this is hard to make money in. When I was younger, my parents never thought I would major in music. They never planned to. So it's really just an interest. And also because, you know, studying music, you just need to have the discipline. You need to practice. So it's a really good life lesson. That's original what I planned. And I eventually got more and more interested. And then eventually they support me. And then... And for for piano, actually, we, we I'm not saying we we make a lot of money, but actually, it's quite quite well because uh, I teach, I get to teach uh, a company, and you know, and play for church, and also do a lot of teaching a lot of kids. So it's a it's a let's say it's entrepreneurship. We get to do a lot of different things, and then everything we we love, we get to also support ourselves. And it, it is amazing when, um, you know, I, I had two of my daughters taking piano lessons from this gentleman yeah. and uh, watching him with them. He was very patient, sweet, great piano teacher. Uh-huh. And then occasionally we'd come in early and he'd be in another rehearsal room playing. And it yeah. just blew us away because you realized how much latent talent this this professional had. I'm sure some of your students will be very impressed when they sit and watch you and the other professionals um, during this special recital, and can you can you tell us about the details about when, where, uh, how folks can avail themselves of, of um, an, an, uh, an opportunity to go and see you guys? Okay, so this concert it's this Sunday, March six at three p.m., and it's in Frank Center uh, Shipley Recital Hall. And this uh, this uh, event is sponsored by Shep, uh, Jefferson Security Bank, so mm-hmm. it's free and open to the public. So you could just come on in. Um, probably get there a little bit early, right? It starts yeah, at three, yeah. but come in and, g- and get a good spot, right? Yes, uh, because recital hall it's about probably one hundred fifty seats. So yes, if it's possible, come here early and then grab a seat, you know, and relax. And then because right now, uh, Shepherd University, is, uh, masks are optional. So you, you, you have option to whether you, you want to wear the mask in the building or not. So, um, so folks can come a little bit early, find a good seat. Uh, who do you think would enjoy this 
uh, who might just be listening, who, you know, may not play an instrument themselves. Is this a good opportunity to bring a son or daughter or, yeah. uh, you know, a friend? What, who, should, who should be out and see this special recital? You can invite everyone because our program, even though, yes, it's a lot of different instruments, but it's all 19th century, it's just romantic. So everything is so pretty and then enjoyable. I, I'm sure everyone, even they don't, they feel like okay, they don't play any any instruments, they don't understand, but they will enjoy it. It's just a very lovely music for a Sunday afternoon. Absolutely, and of course, Shepherdstown has a lot of great restaurants. You could go have yeah. lunch or uh, a dinner afterwards, um, and and enjoy this. Of course, that uh, the final recital in the salon series is happening. Sunday, March 6th at the Frank Center uh, at 3 p.m. And uh, joining us to talk about it, Yushin Liao. I hope wow. I got that better. <laughs> who, is, who is actually, actually uh, faculty over at Shepherd University, Associate Professor of Music, Coordinator of Keyboard Studies. Uh, so you, you guys must have a lot of music majors then uh, at Shepherd University. Is it a pretty robust program? Uh, we have music education and uh, performance for you know piano, voice, and instrumental, and then we also have be a general or composition. Yeah, so it's a, it's a wide variety of students. And do do some kids drop into classes or uh, rehearsals uh, because they love music, but maybe their their major is elsewhere? Is it that is it that kind of kind of an open um, collaboration sometimes? We we have a certain music ensemble. They are well. Uh, it's welcome for for all the non music majors. They can they can join. Like if you they, they want to be in a marching band, symphonic band, or choir, or jazz ensemble. Wow, so it's like a jam yeah. jam session, but it probably has a fancier <laughs> name, right? Like ensemble. <laughs> yeah, because uh, a lot of a lot of students when they are in high school, they might actually bar part of the the band. But they just didn't go on majoring music, but they're still welcome to participate, you know, take a credit and and still enjoy the music thing. Sorry, before I have to let you go, can you let everyone know uh, where they might find more information about the Salon Series and the special recital at 3 p.m. on Sunday at the campus of uh, beautiful campus of Shepherd University? Oh, they can go on to Shepherd's uh, University, the School of Music website. Perfect. And they can find all the calendar of our our wonderful event. And then, of course, they can if they go on to the Shepherd University, just the homepage website. They can they can find our event as well. Perfect. Well, thank you for being with us and sharing your talents with the Panhandle, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, and folks can hear you and another talented group of other instrumentalists and and vocalists uh, this Sunday, March 6th, final recital of the Salon Series is happening at 3 p.m. at the Frank Center uh, at the Shipley Recital Hall on the beautiful campus of Shepherd University. Did I get it all right? Yes, thank you so much, Marsha. Oh, well, thank you so much. And you can hear this again if you missed any of these details. We'll have this uh, episode up on our Panhandle Live Facebook page uh, about an hour after the uh, the broadcast closes. So thanks for being part of Panhandle Live today. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Take care. Bye. We've got a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with more Panhandle Live. 
from Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back into Panhandle Live, the Thursday edition. Jordan Nicewarner will be back tomorrow. He was out late with the girls. Shepherd University women's basketball team victorious uh, over Bloomsburg last night. And so that means they move on in the playoffs. And I believe that means Saturday there's a game that Jordan will be covering. I think he'll be reunited with Parker Stone as his color commentator. They both had to divide and conquer last night because I believe there was a game in Berkeley Springs as well. So um, I should have asked Parker to come on and give us the the uh, rundown about that as well. But the Shepherd University women's basketball team pulled out the win. And I'm going to bring you uh, an excerpt from the final moments as given by Jordan Nicewarner. The Rams go almost three and a half hours. A late bus, a late arrival. Go all the way up at Northeastern Pennsylvania. And they come away with a huge second round PSAC tournament win. 76 to 53 over the Bloomsburg Huskies and the Rams will advance to the third round and one step closer the national tournament in Birmingham, Alabama. You know, I think Jordan would like to go to Birmingham. So, you know, I, I'm not sure if he has anything to do with their success or not, but I think he would enjoy a trip to, to Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, we're watching with great interest and uh, cheering on the Shepherd University Rams women's basketball team. Really excited about their progress. Uh, some stories we're keeping an eye on. Of course, we had the attorney general on. Um, you can listen back to his interview on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. We'll post our Panhandle Live uh, episode up a little bit later this morning. Also, the um, home show is coming to the historic roundhouse in Martinsburg on March 26th and 27th. We'll actually be there. Uh, a lot of our personalities from uh, West Virginia Radio here in Martinsburg will be part of that. We'll, be, we'll ha- uh, have a stand and so you can come by and see us as well. We're also keeping an eye on Hagerstown tomorrow. That's when reportedly the People's Convoy, which has billed itself as a peaceful and unified transcontinental movement, could converge uh, as early as tomorrow afternoon. Washington County schools have already announced that they are uh, letting school out early, two and a half, uh, two and a half hours early tomorrow afternoon. I I have heard there is a venue, a rallying point. Uh, but I don't want to release that information until I get confirmation from that venue. But um, look for traffic to get a little busy and hectic uh, in Hagerstown. Major arteries beginning about three tomorrow afternoon, and um, so we'll. Uh, it is billed as a peaceful protest, but it is a miles and miles long convoy. So look to that if you were thinking of casually going up for dinner tomorrow afternoon. may want to rethink that. But we'll keep you updated here on the Panhandle News Network. Thank you for being with me here today on Panhandle Live. We'll be back tomorrow with Jordan Nicewarner on the Panhandle News Network. A WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.